Here to take us around Porto and the Douro Valley is Portugal tour specialist Robert Wright. We're also joined by Cristina Duarte, who guides tours of her country from her home base in Lisbon. Cristina and Robert, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. Am I pronouncing this correctly, Robert? What is the river valley called? Douro. Douro. I would say there's nothing like it that most people have ever seen in their lives because it's so majestic. And even if you may have seen photographs in your pre-trip planning, nothing prepares you for the extent of vineyards that you see and the terraces that are everywhere. Deus criou o mundo. Os homens criou o Douro. And what does that mean in English? That uh, God created the world, but the man created the Douro Valley. And when you look at the Douro Valley, the man-created Douro Valley, it's really an indication of all of those terraces. Done by hand. Still done. Hand, still doing hand. it. And it's like, you know, it's like a topography map or something that shows all the altitude. Every one of those terraces, ages old, and As, there's no castles there. It's just like we think of castles and so on in rivers. No castles, just gorgeous vineyards and terraces. As far as the eye can see. It's like one of the wonders of the world in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Actually, it is an, a world heritage place. The landscape. If you want to appreciate port wine in this gorgeous river valley, what is your approach, Christina? What would you do? Right now, it's quite easy. Most of the private little uh, producers, they have a, kind of a, a mansion on their door that they sell. And uh, why not just to, if you, a person wants to try, to just knock and say, well, can I try the your, so this is a small the farm, producers? A, a quinta, yes. is that the word? A quinta. A quinta. quinta. And so, Robert, how would you plan to go to a quinta, and what would you see or experience when you go to a quinta? If you're lucky enough to go to one of the smaller ones, you get a very tailored experience because it will likely only be you there at the time, mm -hmm. uh, which is fantastic. And you can meet actually the family, and they can tell you about their traditions and history of working it, and they can also show you the facilities where they make the port wine. If you go to a larger one, it's a little bit more uh, commercial experience where they have uh, tour sites already set up and they have explanatory graphs and things like that. But either one is good to understand a history and also the different types of port. So like visiting vineyards anywhere, you can go to the big uh, mechanized ones or you can go to the funky little rustic yes. ones. And Christina, describe a, a small farm and the way they make their, they do their uh, their work. A small farm must have, starts already by the, on the terraces, on the vineyards. They have to be able to have at least five or six different uh, variety of grapes, you know, that because port wine is a blended wine. So they have to be able to have all the differences in order mm. to make their wine and blending it like a like a cake. You see, you you do always your own recipe. So each they, of these families would have yes, their own blend. So exactly. So then they assemble them. The harvest normally takes place around second or third week mm -hmm. of September, and they cut it by hand. They are still mm -hmm. cut it till the main tractor. It's also by hand because many times the terraces are so narrow that you cannot mechanize it. So very traditional then, Very and, traditional. And yes. And there is no way of doing differently. This is a labor of love and there's one way to do it to make it traditional Tra yes. port. Robert, in a nutshell, how do you define port wine? What, what is unique about port? What makes it port? What makes it port? Port wine is something that you classify it either by its color and also there's a, a very specific way of making it. So you have basically a fermentation process that takes place in any type of wine, but you stop that fermentation when you leave some of the natural sugars in there. You don't let them all ferment out. And then you add what we would probably call grappa, a fire water mixture to it. It's a very high alcohol content. 
and you add that to the wine and it becomes port wine. Then the aging is where the different colors come into play. So you've got either white, ruby, or tawny, and it depends on whether you age it a little bit in the bottle or you age it in the barrel, and there's all these variations, and people have such a wonderful way of mixing and matching styles. So you can either get a white or a ruby, which is the reserve as well, which is some of the best port that you'll ever have, and then the tawny, which is the sort of leathery color, but it's aged in barrels as opposed to the bottle. Is it fair to say that port wine is sweet? It is. It depends on the sweetness of the manufacturer of what they want to do. But it's but generally a dessert wine? It is a dessert wine, and also you can also have dry ports as well, mm-hmm. which are typically the white ports. It almost tastes like a fino sherry. Huh. Now, you can actually go to the city of Port, which is the main industrial port where the river hits the, the sea, and this is like the second city of Portugal. It is the second city of Portugal. And then across from the river in Port, you've got a district. What is the name of the district? Vila Nova de Gaia. Vila Nova de Gaia. De Gaia. And there you can visit the actual headquarters of all of these the, greatest the wine, houses of port. The wine lodges or the wine cellars is where the, the port wine ages. The production is on the Douro Valley because it is an assembling of all conditions on the humidity, exposure to sun and the soil, all those things that make port wine unique in the world. But then over there at the Douro Valley, the winters are very cold and the summers are very hot. So to age, the wine needs a more Atlantic mild weather. Mm. That's why the, the barrels were to put in Villanova de Gaia in order that they will be spared from the hot summers and the, and the cold winters. And the name of the wine that was aging there was the name of the city where was it aging and from where it was exported. That's why... Port wine. Oh, so that the name of the wine came from the city, yes, Port. Yes, And just to be clear, the, the wine ferments up in the river yes, valley in the exactly. vineyards, and then they put it on these traditional boats in barrels, and mm-hmm. it goes down to the coast, and then it ferments again in the city of Port. In these it barrels. ages. Ages, I mean. Ages. It, that's it. The difference mm-hmm. is ages. Before we leave the river valley... Robert, can you actually sleep in these in these quintas? You certainly can. There are many that have opened up their doors to tourism, and you can stay with these families, and the facilities are fantastic. It's like you're in someone's home, you're taken care of, and you've got all that beautiful countryside right outside your window. Now, Robert, I know that you love Lisbon, and you spend a lot of your free time in Lisbon, and, and Port is like the second city of Portugal. It's the earthy, nitty-gritty, kind of edgier version, it seems like industrial version of Lisbon. But how would you describe Port from a tourism point of view? If somebody's going to Portugal, they're going to see Lisbon. Is it worth going up a couple hours north to see the town of Porto? It's definitely worth it, if not only just to compare and contrast. You've got Lisbon that's right on the uh, Tejal River, and then you've got the Douro River, which is for Porto. And both cities, you may think, well, it sounds similar, but they are completely different. And I think that the thing that Porto has that Lisbon does not is this sort of kind of the earthy and gritty feeling that you were talking about because not only is the climate different, so it's a little bit grayer for more of the year. Lisbon has more sun, Porto has more clouds, but also the building materials of the city, which is granite blocks, that also adds to the grayness of it, but gray can be very beautiful. And I understand Lisbon was destroyed in the great earthquake of 1755, and Porto generally survived it or or not? The, The fracture that can originate some earthquakes in Lisbon area doesn't go that far. 
So, so Porto survived yes. the so earthquake. Yes, yes, yes. So were, it it was not felt at all. More of the old world has survived in Porto than in Lisbon. Oh, yes. That's why I'm, I'm from Lisbon, but I must tell you I love the city of Porto. I think that it has so much potential. It's like just arriving to the city is like, <gasps> what is this? It is <laughs> like, <laughs> and then you see a series of bridges all along the yes. river, and you can take riverboat cruises and go underneath those bridges, and it's yes. absolutely beautiful. This is Travel with Rick Steves, and we've been broadening our understanding of Portugal. We're talking about Portugal's second city, Porto, and the river that goes from there inland, which makes the great port wine. And we've been joined by Robert Wright and Christina Duarte. And Christina, if we could just finish up this discussion of Porto and, and the region. I know you've got great cities in Portugal, uh, Coimbra, Braga, Lisbon, Porto. Is there a saying about the people of these cities that kind of gives the character of, yes, of, there of, is of the there is a saying cities. that's saying in can I say it in Portuguese or <laughs> say it in Portuguese and then tell us it in English. All right, right? I do it. Em Lisboa divertimo-nos. No Porto trabalhamos, em Braga rezamos e em Coimbra estudamos. And what so, does that mean in English? Means in Lisbon we get fun, in Porto we work, in Braga we pray, in Coimbra we study. Say that again in Portuguese, please. Em Lisboa divertimo-nos. No Porto, trabalhamos. Em Braga, rezamos. Em Coimbra, estudamos. So you work in Porto, but I think you play a little bit too with the help of that great port wine. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Robert Wright and Cristina Duarte. Uh, obrigado. De nada. De nada. <laughs> Each year, Rick's tour guides take free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Spain, Portugal, and beyond, one small group at a time. This year, we're featuring tours of Barcelona and Madrid, the best of Spain, the Basque Country, and the heart of Portugal. For a free catalogue and Rick's Tour Experience DVD, visit the tour pages at ricksteves.com. <laughs>